Well, happy Hope Day, everyone, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone out here in Melvito land. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Life Works Better with Coach Mel. And hostess Clarissa. Thank you. <laughs> We're so glad for you to join in for us today. This is a beautiful week. It's a week of Thanksgiving, which we should be thankful every day. Yes. But um, a week of Thanksgiving. You know, I'm, I'm reminded uh, here we are talking about uh Life works better with story, which is yes. what we're doing with this entire series. Mm-hmm. Which th- I'm, I'm kind of sensing that this may be the never-ending story. I think so. I <laughs> the think series. <laughs> but a few episodes ago, we talked about Augustine, mm-hmm. Saint Augustine. Let's see how the audience felt about that one. Oh, they love it. They love you, Coach Man. I know. I think they're thankful for you. Yes, and I, I'm, it's kind of interesting though that I only get that kind of applause when I come in here. So. There's just something special about this place. To God be the glory. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. St. Augustine, in his confessions, okay, so that's the uh, autobiography, basically, that that he wrote. First one, probably, in the history of literature. We talked about that some. Yeah, that's a good podcast. You know, I just the, the pen and paper to this thing and being able to go back to a podcast, the glorious thing about podcasts, you can stop it go back yes take notes and yes. uh, this series has been has been excellent so i'm very 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 excited about this yes um and then also too i'm, I'm sipping on some great principio coffee it's a vanilla latte yes and when i sure tell are. you coach i needed this today yes i can tell i'm telling you it's just and oh. I, I need to go ahead and say that that i actually came in here uh uh a podcast ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this morning when we started talking and uh, that Principio coffee, that vanilla latte, there's just something about the the pure essence mm-hmm. of natural flavorings like yes. that vanilla. Mm-hmm. And of course, Liz uses only natural flavorings. I love Don't it. Don't have anything artificial Mm-mm. at all. The real Liz using the real ingredients for real flavor. Because she's the real chemist at Principio. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you know, Coach Mel, Principio has a really nice gift basket um, yes. for this holiday season. Yes, it's available. Uh, you, I think there are pictures and ways you can order on the website. Yes. And anyone local can come by. And uh, she even has uh, uh, given you opportunity mm-hmm. to uh, to build your own gift basket. Okay, so you can customize it. Yes. Okay, that's great. So like if someone really likes a particular kind of coffee, Mm -hmm. you can do that or just tea or a combination and even have some of her wonderful Principio chocolates. Uh, Yes, she's just been, it's It's been been amazing. She just keeps cranking out. She does. Classic after classic. And it's a great gift for coffee lovers. You yes. know, and especially for someone like me, if I have clients or whatever that are coffee people, then I would grab one of these baskets and drop it off um, yes. for them for the office or something like that. Because I'm looking at this basket, Coach Mail, and there's this beautiful wooden spoon that has Principio coffee yes. ingrained in it. And it's, that scoop is just enough. Yes. It's just enough um, for what you need. And then also, I just kind of want to talk about the basket briefly, if I can. Yes, go right ahead. Good. Liz will be, uh, she'll be pleased. <laughs> she'll be happy. So there's um, a spoon. I see three. Mm-hmm. 
And it has, my mouth is watering right now. I can't talk. (laughs) So you can take this spoonful of goodness. Yeah. So we have chocolate. We have caramel. uh, You have salted chocolate where you can take that spoon and you can put it in your coffee and the chocolate melts into the coffee. Yes, you stir the flavoring in to to whatever whatever depth you want. Right. And it's so great. And the, the sweetness is perfect for me. So it's really, really good. And I'm looking at... Uh, oh, Southern Pecan. Delicious. Yes. Okay. And then the Cascara Tangerine. I had that last week. Uh, the Tangerine Tea, which was real good. So, and then little bags of um, chocolate candy. I mean, this basket is beautiful. Yes. It is really nice. So, guys, go ahead and uh, go to the website. Put that order in for your clients. Put that order in for your mom, dad, any of those coffee lovers out there. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is purchase a basket for my uh, my best friend's husband. He is a big coffee drinker. Yes, And beautiful. she's from Tennessee, and she came to visit here in, in Alabama, and she was able to take a tour of the roastery at Principio. Yes. Bought a big bag of coffee for her husband. He's in love with it. All right. So he's a big coffee person, so I think I'm going to buy that basket just for him. That'll be something that'll there probably shock her, but I think he'll be really uh, <laughs> excited about this and, and what all Principio has to offer. Yes. So go out there, guys, to PrincipioCoffee.com. Yes. PrincipioCoffee.com. Get your Christmas holiday gifts right now because it's ready. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Yes. Yes, I think it's I'll ready drink for the today. holidays. Yes, let's do. Yes. And right. I'm, I'm drinking reality which is a blend of the cascara dried coffee fruit and hibiscus flower. Yeah, cheers. Happy holidays. Yes, thank you very much. Yes, you guys didn't see that cheers when we did a toast. <laughs> I'm loving it. So, uh, so back uh, to St. Augustine. Well, I want to ask you one thing. Okay. What are you thankful for? What am I thankful for? Mm-hmm. Just as you asked that question, just right off, I had a thought that I had never thought of before. Hmm. See, that's the power of questions. Yes. In order to think something that I've never thought before, I need to be asked a question that I've never heard. Mm, that's good. And, 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 that, and I heard that question. People have said, what are you thankful for? But I heard it in a different way mm-hmm. because I was in a different place. Mm. So I hear that question, but it hits me in a different place. What I'm most thankful for right now is the ability to be thankful. Wow. Wow. And just the opportunity that God gives me mm. as one of his created beings in his image. And he gives me the awesome opportunity of gratefulness and the ability to be grateful and everything that that does and the richness mm. that it brings to life. And that, that uh, gratitude is the very heart of, of uh, all relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what I'm most thankful for. And St. Augustine, the guy we just talked about mm-hmm. a few episodes back, he made this statement. He said that uh, he felt like that the first step off of the right path was always, the first misstep off of the right path was always caused by ingratitude. Mm. Wow. So... But his observation of life, and just think about that for a moment. Mm-hmm. When, when, when I get to a point that I'm no longer thankful, yes. and I don't have that wonderful uh, attitude of gratitude, mm-hmm. that's the first step, that's the first misstep 
off of the right path. And then all other missteps follow that first misstep of no gratitude. You know, some people, coach, will think, what? The opportunity to be grateful or thankful. That's easy. It's really not. Because you would think about some people get stuck in their situations and their issues and hurts and disappointments. And sometimes it hinders them from being thankful because all they see is are the issues, the problems, the hurts, and the disappointments. And they're so focused on that until they forget to thank God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's more <laughs> complaining, it's more praying, it's yes. more God please and pleading with God. As opposed to just saying, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'll say this brief story and we'll get into the history. And I may have mentioned this before, but when my, my nephew passed, I was on the phone with my brother uh, while he was transitioning. And the only thing I could do, I was here in Birmingham, mm-hmm. uh, Alabama, and I'm originally from South Carolina. And, uh, and, and I remember my brother saying, he, he's, he's passing, he's passing, he's passing. And you know what we did, Coach? We didn't pray. We didn't pray. Mm. God led me to say thank you and go into uh, just a spirit of thanksgiving to God. And at peace went to that hospital room, and it rested on my brother during that time. Mm. Just a spirit of gratitude and just thanking God for the life of my nephew and and just thanking God for his peace that was resting at that time. Mm. But that was the only thing I was led to do, was to go into a spirit of thanksgiving, and it gave such a peace there when we could have gone various places, you know, Mm. crying and upset and all this. But no, thanksgiving. Mm. Thanksgiving. And so you I think you, you hit the, the nail on the head there. Um just being I, I think I'm gonna adopt that same appreciation. Yeah. Just thanking God for the opportunity to be thankful. I like that. Mm. I, I'd never thought about that before. Mm-hmm. But just be thankful for thankfulness. That's beautiful. <laughs> and don't uh, don't take that first misstep off of the right path. Right. So, according to uh, Augustine's observation, there, if I always remain grateful, I can I have a much better chance of always remaining on the right path. Mm-hmm. And is there any wonder that Paul would have said, "Always give thanks," and in all circumstances? Yes. Notice he did not say for all circumstances. But he said, in all circumstances, mm-hmm. give thanks. For this is the will of God mm-hmm. in for you in Christ Jesus. I mean, how many people think about, man, I don't know what God's will is. Well, he's told you to always be thankful. If you're not doing that one, then he's not, uh, he's not bound mm-hmm. by his word to tell you anything else. That's right. So thankfulness opens up our ears. It frees our feet to walk the right path. It opens our ears to hear the right message. So, uh, man, we're getting on a Thanksgiving message here. That's I'm telling you, that <laughs> it was your fault. It was, it was your reason for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and and I, I would encourage, uh, well, there's just a lot that we could say mm-hmm. about Thanksgiving. It's actually my favorite holiday. Mine too. 
really. Mm-hmm. And, and so it is with a lot of people, as I've shared that yeah. over the years. And uh, there just there seems to be uh, a more wholesome uh, other others type of mm-hmm. focus mm-hmm. Uh, with Thanksgiving, Christmas. It's it's like yeah, there are others, but there's always that triangulation, that strangulation mm. <laughs> of of a of a Christmas gift. Yeah, that's always that triangulation there that we get. That it, it makes the relationship difficult. Mm-hmm. But with Thanksgiving, we all get together to give thanks corporately, to give the gift of thanks yes. to the one who's the author and the source of everything mm-hmm. rather than getting together to share something with somebody else. We're, yeah, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm already down on Christmas and up on Thanksgiving. I think we ought to have two Thanksgivings a year. <laughs> I think you're right. I like that. I like that. Let's just declare it ourselves. Yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll let you know, guys, in a couple of podcasts in December <laughs> what that day is. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. So the power of story mm-hmm. and life works better with story. And again, we're talking about the story of the ecclesia, which is the organism that Jesus enlivened mm-hmm. and brought into being on the day of Pentecost. So we're talking about the ecclesia, the organism, mm-hmm. not to be confused with the history of the church, which came into existence as we know it, an organization mm-hmm. in uh, the early 300s. And then those church historians, those storytellers mm-hmm. <laughs> who told the story about the church, rewrote the first three centuries of Christianity and interpreted all of that through the lens of an organization to downplay the organism. But Clarissa, the organism has always been alive and well. The, the ecclesia, those who hear the voice of the shepherd and yes. follow him, it's always been alive and well. And the ecclesia has, has not always been helped along by the church. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, there have been some conflicts. Uh, the ecclesia has always benefited the church. The church has not always benefited the ecclesia. And the ecclesia called out ones. We're talking listening, hearing, listening groups. The most important command is to listen and to hear from God. Faith comes by hearing. Yes. So all this is part of story. And so we, we see a parallel line here of the history of the church and the story of the ecclesia. And we talked last uh, episode about uh, Geronimo, mm-hmm. English G- version. Good of- old Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we imagine jumping out of an airplane and yelling, Jerome? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so funny. I'm like, really, yeah, Jerome? The, yeah. From, uh, from Latin directly into English, mm-hmm. it comes out Geronimo. <laughs> okay. Uh, but we go through some other languages there and get to English, and we end up with Jerome. Uh, <laughs> but St. Geronimo. Uh, who who did the uh, the first uh, complete translation of both Old Testament and New Testament from a lit original language in, into one language, mm-hmm. which was Latin at the time, and what a beautiful labor of love that was, uh, and and then how that again the the church, uh, the organization, took what was produced by an organism of the ecclesia, and then used it as a control factor in the organization. Mm-hmm. 
saying that we're the only ones that can translate this. Uh, we're not going to teach you this language that the Bible's translated into uh, because you don't really, uh, you, while you could learn Latin and could translate it yourself, uh, you have to depend on us because we know this secret sauce and we have this special connection and we're the only ones that can tell you what it really means. So you don't even have to know the language of the Bible because we're just going to tell you what the Bible means. And Carissa, that's the way it was for a thousand years. And that was not Jerome's intent. Jerome's intent, part of the ecclesia, his intent as part of the organism was to put the Bible in the language of the majority of the people. The language that they talked to each other with day to day was a language that they needed to hear God speak to them in. And that's the whole deal of Anyway, that's just an example. And so uh, today we're, we're moving on to, uh, to another council. Remember, we talked about the first council, mm-hmm. Council of Nicaea, 325 A.D., and that was because of the Emperor Constantine when uh, he realized that division in the church, as he had declared Christianity, first just a uh, legal religion, and then to make it the dominant religion, mm-hmm. and then to realize that when he looked into church that, uh, he, he saw a lot of people arguing and, and fighting and disagreeing and even uh, persecuting one another. I mean, literally putting people to death as the empire had at one time. And he was like, what is going on here? And then he even made this statement that division in the church was greater uh, than war against the empire. And so we thought, man, I'm doing this one great thing, making Christianity legal. And then as it, as it evolved then because of that stamp of approval, it started going into more of an organization. And then that gave people the opportunity to be a complainant mm-hmm. and not just a supplicant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where they, instead of getting together and praying about things that we should be praying, we get together and complain about things that we see in the other person. And... So that was the reason for councils and decisions and all that stuff. And Christianity moved more towards what you said you believed rather than the way you acted out how you really believed. And so the ecclesia is still about how you live out what you believe. And that's why James describes the ecclesia. He says, uh, if, if, you can't, uh, if you can't show me your faith with your works, then I am calling your bluff and saying, you ain't got any. <laughs> now, that's bad English, but it's good Greek. Right. <laughs> uh, an interesting thing about, about language, in English, you, you can, you can uh, negate the negative. Like if you have two negatives, it ends up being a positive. Right. Other, uh, other languages of the world just kind of, uh, look at us and scratch their heads and say, no, the more negatives you put, the stronger the negative is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it, to them, it makes no sense at all why two negatives would make it a positive. They're like, what? <laughs> and, and so the more, more negatives you can put in something, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and that, that, that's, the way, that's the way that was. It, James was said, no, uh, you ain't got no <laughs> right to tell me nothing. <laughs> I'm sure the English teachers that are listening to this right now are cringing. 
Well, my English teacher, God rest her soul, from high school is already in heaven. So she's hearing all this through my heart and not through. <laughs> Maybe she's just kind of doing a couple of flips right now. <laughs> yeah. But, but all those negatives just make it stronger. And so that's why James was all about that. And so we have the ecclesia described for us there. But I don't know. It, it, it seems like that, we're, that, that Christianity as an organization is still caught in the throes of that holt that the enemy put on us in the early 300s when all of a sudden we were accepted. And then we had to start trying to explain to an unbelieving world what we had been confessing on our knees, and it didn't make sense to them. Well, why should it? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 3 that to the natural man, the things of God are, are, are foolishness. But when you start trying to describe belief to someone who doesn't believe it, it's going to appear as foolish. And... But then just to get all this boiled down, and then what happened with the church and with this, this second uh, council, uh, it was the Council of Chalcedon, which is just outside Constantinople, which is now Istanbul, Istanbul in, uh, in Turkey. Uh, and it was in uh, 451. So it was about 125 years after the Council of Nicaea. But they got together to, to decide uh, some other things because people were saying different things about the person of Jesus. And so they really said, okay, you, you have to say it. You have to believe this, and you have to say it this way if you're going to be accepted. And it kind of closed down, closed down dialogue. And it was more of a, uh, it was more of a, of a challenge of people uh, figuring out, as we talked about before, about orthodoxy. And that we have brought orthodoxy to mean uh, what you believe right. or what you confess, mm -hmm. whether you're orthodox or not, when that was not the original meaning of the word. As we've said before, ortho meaning correct, mm -hmm. like orthodontist, uh, orthopedic, the Greek word ortho meaning correct. Mm -hmm. And then if it would be correct teaching, then it would be orthodidache, because didache was the Greek word for teaching. That's not a common um, no, it's not even, suffix, I guess. No, it's not even used. Mm -hmm. Orthodidache, nobody knows what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Because orthodox means correct, and it comes from the Greek word doxy, which meant glory or worship. Mm. And so to the earliest ecclesia, orthodoxy was correct worship. Worshiping God out of spirit and truth, but then the the uh, the church, the organization, even changed the meaning of orthodoxy to 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 mean what you say you believe. So you have to say this, and you have to say it this way, in order to be part of us. And we declare that these are the only ones that are the real essence. <laughs> if you say this and say it this way, now th there is a place for for specifics there is a place for fine-tuning our right. theology right. but uh there 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 are places in scripture that that give us opportunity to discuss these things mm -hmm. rather than being uh, here's another uh word that's used a lot of times and many times misunderstood to be dogmatic yes which yes. by the way has nothing to do with a dog even <laughs> though 
dogmatic means that you operate like a dog. <laughs> I mean, that makes common sense. Automatic, you know, right. pneumatic. Mm -hmm. So dogmatic. <laughs> hey, it made sense to Uncle Herm. <laughs> Bless his soul. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, but to be dogmatic mm -hmm. is to is to uh, is to require a certain teaching or a certain belief or a certain expression. Man, the greatest expression that we can have in true orthodoxy is what lives is what we live out. It's what comes out from inside of us. Not not just something from the mouth up, but something from the mind down and that gets into the heart of things. And so at the Council of, of Chalcedon, what they were were uh, considering was the very person of Jesus. Now, in the first council they got together, they talked about Jesus as he related to the Trinity, the Father and the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so they did kind of get that situated, uh, saying, okay, we believe the Bible teaches this. Uh, and it was like, yeah, that Jesus is God, and that just as God is God and Holy Spirit's God. So, yeah, this is where the uh, that's where the idea of uh, of three personalities. Now that uh, that word uh, that Latin word persona that God exists in three personas mm -hmm. is the way that that Tertullian in the two hundreds put it uh, in Latin. Uh, and so we translated that Latin word persona into person when really a better translation of persona is personality. So basically what the early church father said is that God exists in three personalities. Mm -hmm. Now that puts a little different uh, slant on it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the Council of Nicaea was deciding about Jesus' position in the Trinity. Then the Council of Chalcedon, 125 years later, they were discussing the person of Jesus specifically as to his divine nature and his human nature. And 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 the Bible is is uh, the Bible is is so vague that it's clear, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that doesn't make sense to a rational mind. What do I mean by that? Because the Bible talks about Jesus as God, and it talks about Jesus as being a human. So that's the vagueness, okay? Is he God or is he human? Yes. <laughs> the Bible is so vague that, that who Jesus is and, and the nature and his natures, it's clear he was, uh, yes, he was, he was man and he was God. And he had to be man in order to represent man before God. And he had to be God to represent God before man. And that's why he's the mediator. He's the connection. He's the connecting one. And and that uh, that idea of the uh, the divinity and the humanity of Jesus, uh, really, that has never been an issue for the ecclesia. Mm -hmm. It was like, yes, Jesus, we worship you. You are you are the Son of God. You are God the Son, and yet you were just like us, mm -hmm. except without sin. So if we just say what the Bible says. And don't try to explain what we're confessing to someone who doesn't believe it and isn't concerned about living it out. Then, I don't know, did I, did I lose you there? Oh, or, no. Okay. And I don't know. It, it just, it's just this fine line. So, yes, it, it, it is. Uh, the ecclesia is part of what you believe. You have to believe certain things. That's what the scriptures say. 
but then uh, to go on, uh, it's it's not it's not like you have to say it a certain way, but it's it has to be expressed in a powerful way. Right, and that's why James was so much ecclesia, and the church had problems with James, and the church still has problems with the ecclesia as it was produced through James. So this council got together and they and they they decided. Uh, some of them decided it never was unanimous. Some of them decided that Jesus was God all of the time and he was man all of the time and they didn't get confused and it was just something that, that we just have to accept by faith. And that, that's, that's, the, that's what the scripture teaches. It talks about Jesus as being God and talks about him as being human. And people say, well, which is it? I say, yes. And that's why I love being the, the, the people who are members of the ecclesia, Clarissa, are what I would call biblical theologians. You can't put another, another uh, adjective in front of that word theologian. Uh, theology is just simply a, a framework through which you understand God. A framework, logic, uh, and theo, God, so theology is a framework through which you attempt to understand God. That's why I'm all about being a biblical theologian. Let my understanding of God come through the framework of the Scriptures and not through the framework of someone's specific interpretation of the Scriptures over here. Then I try to fit, look at God and understand God through His interpretation, which had a slant on it because He in some way was wanting to, was wanting to turn the ecclesia into the church so there could be some kind of control. Let me say this. God does not need any help controlling his truth. It just needs to be freed and lived, and it will be victorious. Well, I can truly say I am thankful <laughs> for his story. Ooh, yes. That's powerful. Guys, I would admonish all of you who are listening today. Go back and listen to this again with your pen and pad and make sure you share this channel to your friends because this has given us an awareness as why we do what we do or why we don't do what we should do. <laughs> I'll leave that there. <laughs> All right, guys. Happy oh, Thanksgiving. I, okay, cool. I am thankful for Clarissa Aww. and who you are and what you do and the way that you have assisted me to get some of this stuff that's in me and has been in there for decades and to give me the opportunity to just throw it out there. Thank you. And thank you. <laughs> I think we're much better because of that. So yes. Thank you. thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and we'll see you back here next week.